Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Welcome back, my beautiful friends. I'm so thrilled to be bringing you another deep, soulful, and perspective-shifting podcast episode today. We are continuing on with our burnout series. And so far in this series, we've talked about if you're currently in burnout mode, steps to help you get out and alleviate that burnout. And then we talked about how to stay out of burnout mode. What are some quick mindful resets to activate our rest and relax mode so that we're not operating from the stress mode, that fight or flight state as our default. We are all hardwired for that to be our default. And we have to consciously and manually choose to activate our rest and relax or what I like to call our mindful mode. And so we talked a little bit about the vagus nerve and vagal tone and how physiologically we can shift our energy so that we can recover from stress more quickly, but also we can help our body and mind stay in that stress mode for a shorter period of time when something unexpected, frustrating, irritating occurs in our life. Now we're going to go a step further. We're going to talk about why do we stay stuck in this burnout cycle? And this really goes into mindset. So actually when I was learning and practicing and mastering these four daily selfies, like I like to call them. No, not mastering the phone selfies and getting your picture right. We're talking about the four deep inner selfies. And I'm sure that you've heard of all of them, but in every aspect of our spiritual journey, whether you're conscious that you're on one or not, you will be called to empower and deepen these selfies. And when I was 26 and starting on my conscious spiritual journey, I wish someone had told me, focus on these four things first. Your journey will go so much smoother. And I know there's no linear one size fits all to spiritual development and self-discovery. However, the spiritual journey is about self-discovery. And these four aspects that we're going to focus on today is going to help you build a strong foundation in that. And so many of us, stay in this burnout cycle because our core mindset was misaligned because of beliefs that we picked up from. There was a disconnection from our power that happened in our childhood. And so now as we are adults and we're consciously awakening, we are trying to reconnect to that higher self in us. So in our childhood, when people invalidated us or dismissed our feelings, we start to not trust our inner experience. We start to lose connection to our deep feelings and our intuition. And so we start to tune out the inner signs and instincts, and we start to get put on this rigmarole of this burnout cycle where the external is more important than our internal world. And so we are now reshifting that focus because we realize nothing outside in that external world is going to satisfy us at our core. We might feel happy for a moment, but not genuinely content. We are going to constantly be striving for more, seeking that destination, that person, 
that we can fit into our perfect genes. We are not going to feel whole as we are. And so this is going to trickle into our parenting, into our relationships, into our money relationships. It's going to trickle into how we feel about ourselves. So now we're going to focus on the four daily selfies. When you focus on building a stronger foundation with this, we are reconnecting to our higher self, our wisdom, our inner power, our intuition, our soul essence. And when we do that, we are going to be more empowered to step off of the burnout cycle and enter into a more energetic balance cycle. We're going to feel aligned in making choices based on what, how it feels in our body. We're going to be more in tune and acknowledge our feelings and not be scared of them. We're going to be more empathetic to others because we are in tune with ourselves. So this is an area that I focus a lot in my coaching of really developing the spiritual foundations that we need, but also the stress management and energy tools that we need. So if you need help developing a strong foundation as you listen to this podcast, please email me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com and we can set up a coaching session so we can dive deeper into any area that you may be struggling with. Please know that this is something that I've personally worked on. And it's something that I continue to work on. And so there are exercises that I've used that I share in my coaching practice that can help you master these areas in your life, take you on that step-by-step journey. All right, so let's dive in into today's podcast. First, let's quickly go over what these four daily selfies are that we're going to be talking about. And I know you've heard them, but I'm going to go deeper into understanding each one of these. You're not only going to learn what each one is, you're going to learn why it's important and how it keeps us stuck when we're operating from a weak foundation for any one of those things. So these four daily foundations are self-love, self-worth, self-compassion, and self-care. I know I've talked about some of these things already, but we're going to take it from a different nuance now, right? Looking at it from the lens of how it's preventing us from fully living a full life, how we, how we're trying to be in control of others in our circumstances, why we stay stuck in stress mode. So let's start off first with self-love. So what is self-love? Very simply, it's how we appreciate and celebrate our strengths and successes. Our self-love grows when we support ourselves physically and emotionally and spiritually, and it's about listening to our feelings, our needs, and validating ourselves. We have so often been given the experience in relationships with other people of conditional love, whether it's your parents or your kids or your spouse or anyone else. We've only experienced conditional love. That's why we love our furry pets so much, because that's generally the first time we've experienced unconditional love. So why is this so important? Because we have not been modeled the correct way of love, we actually don't know how to love ourselves. We need to learn how to respect ourselves. We need to learn how to set boundaries and we need to recommit to understanding the deep essence of our soul. The energy that comes from self-love will propel you to truly becoming the best version of yourself. It's not something that you can think your way through. It needs this foundation of self-love in order for self-worth to bloom, in order for you to feel more authentic in your relationships. It's in order for you to make mistakes and be able to forgive yourself. But it's hard to love ourselves. Why is it so hard? 
because from a young age, our needs were hardwired to someone else to feel cared for, to feel appreciated, to feel seen, respected, validated, all those things that define love was connected to someone outside of us. And generally it was our caretaker. And many times those people fell short of fulfilling our deep emotional needs. They might have fulfilled us physically. Maybe we had clothes. Maybe we had fresh food and water. Maybe we had a warm bed to sleep in, but emotionally they fell short and we couldn't understand. Well, they're showing me love. They say they love me, but I don't genuinely feel it in myself. And why didn't we feel it? Because a lot of times we got the opposite message. We weren't lovable and we were not heard and we were not understood. We were yelled at and punished. We were not listened to when we had big feelings and it creates a fracture in our ability to love ourselves. Right. And I talk more about this in the whole series about being raised by emotionally immature parents, but I want to give you some background of why it is that we've been trained to not love ourselves. Right. And so our childhood is here to show us what was broken, what we need to heal from in our adulthood. And the number one thing is that we always were searching for love outside of us, that one to complete us. May I tell you, Jerry Maguire truly messed us up. Adulthood is the journey of learning how to love ourselves unconditionally. That is one of the biggest focuses. And the, when you're focusing on getting that love outside of you, whether it's from your parents or your kids or your spouse, you will always be left feeling like your needs are not completely satisfied. And that affects our relationships, right? We have expectations. We have, we allow boundary violations. We have unmet needs that we're trying to reach outside of us that we're not fulfilling ourselves. So how is it that lack of self-love keeps us stuck in the burnout cycle. Where's that connection being made? Well, when you feel unlovable, you have a strong desire of doing right. Strong desire of pleasing others, seeking approval. We don't have set firm boundaries. We don't necessarily believe that we deserve love or appreciation or help or support. So we stay overworked. We stay busy to the point of depletion. We're trying to find our value outside of us and we sell ourselves short, right? So a lot of times as women, a lot of time as women, we motivate ourselves by beating ourselves up. Yes, we fault fine. We push ourselves to become a better person. And then that leads to shame and guilt and self-criticism, which is the opposite of self-love. So in order to make lasting change to feel good about, it has to come from a place of empowerment. It has to come from a place of, yeah, I screwed up. Yeah, I made the wrong choice, but you know what? I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I love and respect and value myself enough not to do that. I appreciate myself for the stuff that's really good. And that's a big part of self-love, like really caring about yourself and celebrating what's good about you. When you're not doing that, you're going to always look to external sources to validate, to stay busy, to feel productive. So now we're going to move on to self-worth. Okay. So self-love and self-worth are tied together, but they are different. Self-worth is the opinion that you have about yourself and the value you place on yourself. So self-worth is all rooted in, I'm a good person, so I deserve good things. 
Or are you on the other extreme? I'm a bad person who deserves bad things. Or I'm a good person that bad things happen to. So it's about really feeling like you're good enough, right? Big thing for moms. Do I feel good enough to be respected, to be worthy of good things? But the problem is many of us have been taught that worth is not something that comes from inside of us. Worth is determined by something outside, an external worldly thing. It's dependent on what you accomplish, what you know, what your grades are, what your looks are, what your money in the bank account is, what your degree is. And so we're filling our worth from external standards, which is unattainable. And even when it is attained, we still feel empty. So our lack of self-worth is all about reconnecting to our higher power and self and remembering that connection not relating simply to our human personality, our human story, and to worldly things. So I truly believe self-worth is the ultimate number one foundation of the spiritual journey. It all comes back to stripping away everything that we've given meaning to, which is ultimately meaningless because it's diverting us from fully connecting to our power and our true essence. When we don't get what we want, I talk about this in the manifestation episode, when we don't get what we want, it's because it's forcing us to remember our power of we are as a creator. So why is this so important? People who grew up with low self-worth had this feeling that their uniqueness was not seen or they felt rejection in some way. So how does this keep us stuck in the burnout cycle? Well, when you're operating from the space of not feeling good enough, you get trapped in trying to feel good enough. I will feel like a good enough mom when I give them organic meals and I'm well rested and I am patient and they have good clothes to wear and there's no fights and arguments. When we rush and hurry, you know, we're constantly trying to prove ourselves. So we're rushing and hurrying and we're working in stress mode. We're operating in stress mode. So anytime a monkey wrench messes up our master plan, we get overstimulated. We get really upset. And so we get trapped in this perfectionism standard. We work to the point of exhaustion where we don't feel like we deserve to take breaks and that even might feel like a waste of time. And for others, it kind of manifests as imposter syndrome. Like you don't want to be seen. You don't want um, to get too much attention to you because we believe that we're not good enough. And so we make this about the choices that we make. It ultimately boils down to, is this the right choice? Is that the right choice? And we get really bogged down in the semantics of choices of how it's going to make you feel good enough or not good enough. How lack of self-worth really keeps us stuck is we have a hard time feeling good about ourselves. We feel insecure. We take things personally. We really can't handle criticism because it completely breaks and fractures the facade that we're trying to present to others. Self-worth in my experience when coaching is ultimately the trickle effect in a lot of our parenting issues, a lot of our relationship issues. And so we really do have to focus on this consciously. So the third is self-compassion. So self-compassion is about being warm and understanding towards yourself when you suffer or fail or feel inadequate. And rather than ignoring or bombarding ourselves with self-criticism, it's really confronting it, right? And so why is this so important is that first off, we want to see a compassionate world. 
but we can only hold compassion to the degree that we are compassionate with ourselves. So compassion leads to empathy and empathy is a skill that needs to be practiced and learned. It is not innate. So what we have to remember is that compassion can only be a trait that is embraced and that is really cultivated when you make a mistake, when we fail, when we suffer. That is the only way that you can be a compassionate person. So mistakes are necessary, all right? So we can't be so consumed with not making mistakes. And that's why perfectionism is a standard that's so unattainable because the mistakes are necessary in order for us to develop compassion and empathy. Just to kind of get us all on the same page that we have the same experiences and emotions. So leading psychologist and expert on self-compassion, Dr. Kristen Neff said that we will all experience, or we have all experienced these common experiences that all humans have. So I'm going to go through these lists. Death of a loved one, doing poorly on a test, being alone, breakup of a relationship, gaining weight, feeling left out, losing something valuable, losing a friendship, telling a joke and no one caught on to it, breaking something important, feeling like you don't belong and being laughed at or embarrassed. Okay. So all of these experiences build compassion. We have to experience these things in order for us to cultivate that skill. We have to be able to embrace our mistakes and be compassionate to ourselves Otherwise, we are not going to be able to be empathetic and hold space for our kids when they make mistakes. We're going to be judgmental. We're not going to be able to have frustration tolerance. We're going to be impatient with them. And self-compassion is required to build frustration tolerance. And it's hard to admit when we're wrong, but this is so interconnected in our parenting and our way that we feel about ourselves in our relationships. So Compassion is a byproduct of when you love, respect, and take care of yourself. And let me just give you the okay that mistakes and mess ups are all part of the journey. It's going to happen to all of us. And these tough emotions and these tough circumstances that I just read off, these are the moments and the lessons in earth school that is going to teach us that compassion lesson. And I want to just quickly note, like this characteristic of compassion only can be embodied in contrast skills. So we have to experience the contrast in order to appreciate the the skill and to learn the skill. And another one of these is patience. You can't just say you're a patient person. You have to be faced with frustration in order to build frustration tolerance that builds patience. So this is all a curriculum, guys. One person doesn't have it easier than the other. There was some effort, some learning that was required. We don't just come hardwired innately of being patient, being compassionate, being empathetic. These are things that need to be taught to our kids, but also ourselves. So how does lack of self-compassion keep us stuck in the burnout cycle? Well, for one, we try to be perfect. So we try to avoid rejection and negative attention and criticism. So we get stuck in that perfectionism standard. It's hard to be vulnerable because we don't want to be seen as weak. We don't want to admit our mistakes. And for some, giving apologies is really hard. We don't know how to genuinely give apologies that express remorse for our actions, that uh, state a game plan of what we're going to do, that shows a recognition that we understand how other people feel, right? So 
genuine apologies and forgiveness needs to come from self-compassion. And how does that keep us in burnout? We feel guilt, whether we admit it or not, we will feel guilt for the choices that we make. And if we can't apologize for them, that guilt will really eat us up, right? So that keeps us in the burnout cycle of like wanting to be seen as good. Like you have this fissure that happens of I'm good, but I made this mistake. How do we really settle with that awkwardness of like not feeling bad about ourselves and not feeling like we are bad, even though we made a poor choice. So that will keep us using our mental capacity and our energy, which will increase stress and friction in our system when we're overthinking about this, when we're over consumed with this. So one of the best ways that I can give you a tip to build self-compassion is understanding if your friend was coming to you for a mistake that they made, how would you talk to them and learning how to talk to yourself like this. And the reason is that unless you're modeling that and doing this to yourself, it will always take a lot of effort to be able to hold space for your child when they have big feelings. So this is a period of practicing. Like when you feel something uncomfortable, how do you feel like asking yourself that it's okay to feel that way? It totally makes sense and validating how you feel like it makes sense that you feel that way, but what do you need right now? How can I help you feel better? This is like your higher self talking to your human self. Okay. It's all about like really connecting and talking to yourself. Some people write it in a journal, but the questions are, how do you feel? And then validating. It's okay that you feel like that. It's okay that you make sense. Yes, you messed up. What do you need right now? What can you learn from this? And how will you do better, right? Really looking forward and focusing your energy on what you're going to do to shift, how to repair the relationship, how you can learn from this is going to take you out of the guilt mode. And lastly, we come to self-care and I did an episode already on diet soda self-care, which I highly recommend you listen to because I'm talking about true rejuvenating self-care, right? Self-care at the most deepest level, what rejuvenates our energy so that we can go back into our life more ready and able to handle situations. So this is real self-care that's not numbing us. That's not instant gratification. It's really nurturing us at our core and increasing our energy. So true self-care is about taking daily breaks to boost our energy reserve. It's like working in waves of work and play and incorporating downtime, really understanding where your energy feels at any given moment. When you feel replenished, you know, when to recharge. And it's not just about, Oh, I'm going to just do a yoga class. It's about asking yourself moment to moment, what you need and not pushing yourself past the limit. So fueling ourselves the right way. Many of us, if we're honest, are not very good at self-care. So we understand the idea of self-care, right? These activities and habits and practices that will recharge and replenish our energy. And it makes sense to us that we feed our pets and we put gas in the car and we shower our kids. You know, we understand the concept of taking time for ourselves, but when it talks to energy management, sometimes it feels self-indulgent and we feel like we can't prioritize the time when it's the true, deep, real self-care that we need. But here is the irony, okay? So we are more likely to act self-indulgently when we don't take care of ourselves. So if you routinely put your emotional, mental, and physical self-care on the back burner, you're going to start craving self-indulgences that we will sometimes say are self-care, regardless if they are good and healthy for you, right? So putting yourself last 
is actually decreasing your willpower. No amount of willpower will be able to fight off that craving that you will have when you're not taking care of yourself. So if you're ignoring yourself to point of fatigue, you're not listening to your cues, you're exhausted, you're going to feel like you deserve to self-indulge and self-indulgences will very quickly lead to binging, binge shopping, binge wine drinking, binge TV, binge whatever. You can include any sort of binging, anything that's done too much to kind of negate the feeling of depletion that we have in our energy is not healthy. It is not real self-care. So when we get to that place of complete depletion, only the indulgences will look good. That meditation, that run, that breath work, it is not going to look good. You are not going to want it to spend the time. And so that's a real sign that if you're making excuse upon excuse upon excuse to do the good stuff, it's because you're potentially in a zone of burnout or you're getting close to burnout. We really want to shift this and build the daily habit of what are the right ways of including self-care? Because I promise you when you include them and you feel good, you're going to get addicted to those things, right? You just have to build the consistency. So why is this so important? Well, I loved Mindful Magazine. They said that Ayurveda is the greatest form of self-care. And I truly believe that. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know I believe that. Because stress and energy management is the secret of mastering our inner system, which essentially means that we master the way that we show up in the world, right? We're confident. We're this light. We're exuberant. We feel alive. We feel energized. None of that's going to happen by just thinking our way through it, right? So yes, mindset is important. However, the actions are equally important and building consistency is even that much more important. So it's not just about feeling good and binging and self-indulgences that make us feel good in the moment. It's about learning how to fuel our mind, our body, our confidence, our energy in the right way. And of course, I've talked about some of the things that I love, the meditation, the breath work, the right yoga movements, vagus nerve exercises to activate our rest and relax parasympathetic nervous system. You know, this is a scientific and a spiritual connection here, right? The science of understanding how these breath works really shift us at a physiological level, shift our brain and how it really helps us show up differently. Not because we're thinking we're going to show up differently, but our body is responding differently. So we can only build stamina and balance to handle the pressures of our life when we are doing the right kind of self-care. And when you're doing the right kind of self-care, you know what the the great thing is? You're going to feel loved. The self-love increases. When you eat well, when you take go and do that run, you're going to feel really good about yourself, right? So the appreciation for yourself grows and then the confidence grows. So it's like all interconnected. Self-love builds self-worth. And when you feel worthy of you are a good person, and you deserve good things, you'll realize that I am a good person at the core of who I am. My high self is good. So when I make a mistake, I can have compassion for myself and you're not going to beat yourself up. So those are the four foundations to build and strengthen, to help us stay out of the burnout cycle, to help build a stronger foundation of connection to ourselves. And This is something that is the foundation, like I said, to the spiritual journey. So everyone, whether we're conscious that we're on a spiritual journey or not, will be faced 
with these four things and address them. Because if we've had a weak foundation in our childhood, it is our responsibility as adults to now strengthen that foundation so that moving forward, we can move in a state of harmony, of balance, of confidence and love. So if you need any support with any of this, remember, like I said, email me at thejil at thejilvpatel.com to inquire more about coaching sessions, and I can walk you through specific exercises, how to cultivate each and every one of these things. It could be an idea that you don't have any follow through. That's not what we want. We want this to be an idea, and now you take action to really cultivate it. So thanks so much for tuning into this episode. Next week, we're going to talk about building our frustration tolerance, which is a huge one that I talk to with a lot of my mom clients. We're going to talk about some strategies to build our stress resilience and frustration tolerance. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, please share it with your friends. It really helps spread the word. Thank you so much. Bye. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you got to do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejil at thejilvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, fresh, frustrated and I come to them almost every single day and I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too and if you haven't purchased the meditation for kids book definitely do so now you can purchase it anywhere you buy books Amazon Barnes and Nobles Target IndieBound BAM and you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the meditation for kids masterclass course if you're a complete beginner and learning how to teach meditation to your kids this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.